Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagir, by far. He was my favorite player. Well, all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk black. All right. Good guys talk back. It is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast, everything Chicago White Sox, and, and then some. It is fan-centric and blue-collar. With me is Jeff Julian. I am Nick Morawski. This is episode four, the first episode, though, of 2019. My man, Jeff, how are you? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Here we go. This is... You know, you're around the corner mm-hmm. on the new year. We're yeah. smack dab in the middle of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, we're, we're in the thick of the playoffs yeah. now. They're getting ready to get started. But this is kind of where baseball starts to perk up a little bit, right? It really does. I mean, there's some countdowns now to, to spring training and countdowns to opening day. And, you know, we'll talk uh, a little bit about... You know, you got Sox Fest uh, three and a half weeks away. Some big names, obviously, still out there. Um, I, I get excited once the calendar flips here. Yeah. You know, yeah. and now we've got a, a lot of things to be excited about as Chicago sports fans. And we'll, and we'll get to, you know, we'll get to the, we're going to give some, bear, some bears, bears love. Talk. Little, little, little bears, bears talk. Little bears love uh, in a bit. But yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, but, you know, not too much happened, though. I mean, we were gone for two weeks. We thought uh, for sure we had made all these contingency yeah. plans like, oh, we'll record that yeah. episode. And if they sign <laughs> Harper, you know, I'll get you on the phone uh-huh. and we'll make Because oh, yeah. I traveled. I oh, went to goodness. San yeah. Antonio for a little bit. So we had all these contingency you are right Uh, nothing happened behind the scenes behind the scenes we were uh we were making all different kinds of plans if if manny or harper dropped in the Sox lap but uh we did more work than the Sox front office did uh, it preparing for something that didn't we really did and i thought we had a good plan in place (laughs) too unfortunately uh we're gonna get to that though uh, later on manny harper all the other Sox nonsense um 10 year deal seven year deal we'll get to that uh, we'll get to some Bears socks comparisons, uh, which you know this is Jeff. You had some good points on here. I'm excited for this for this segment uh, involving Mac and Harper, and of course uh, playoffs coming up in a few days. We got the follow up of our regrettable jerseys <laughs> and uh, socks in 2019. What to uh, what to look forward to, uh, especially in the immediate future. But first. Uh, we sadly had, it was a rough day today. It was, this is for, for those of you who may be listening a day or two later, we're, we're uh, recording on January 2nd, the yeah. evening of January 2nd and uh, three big deaths today. Yeah. The, they always say it happens in, in threes. Uh, mean Gene Okerlund. Let me tell you and something, it, Mean Gene. Well, you know something, Mean Gene. Um, that was a regular thing that uh, my brothers and I would walk around. Yeah. You didn't even have to finish the statement. <laughs> You know, if, if Absolutely my or dad asked you, uh, what are you going to have for breakfast? Well, you know something, Mean Gene. 
And they were sick of it, I'm sure. But that was all. The, that was the entire '80s. Right. Everything right. got answered. Yeah. Well, you know something, me, Gene. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell you what, we didn't. I mean, we we could have answered the phone that way too, but that would have <laughs> that would have not flown. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, me and Gene Okerlund, uh, he was. He was kind of the glue that held things together in the WWF uh, in the 80s, early 90s, went over to the WCW. He was a um, he was kind of an interviewer. He was backstage uh, getting the sound bites from uh, Hogan and Warrior and Macho Man and, you know, always uh, mustachioed, always tuxedoed. Uh, he was around forever. Yeah, he was very much a you talked about it. he was he was a glue guy right yeah. you know he was perfect in setting up a story and helping the audience understand the who was the good guy who was the bad guy what the conflict was why you were supposed to care and he was in that sort of transition period too from you know the 60s and 70s and even most of the 80s where the 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 story itself was much more about the action in the ring and then you kind of had these almost um, sports like interviews behind the yeah, scenes, the drama, and, yeah. and it was, and then later, as you know, you get into the '90s and the 2000s, where you get into some of these more longer story arcs that that involve different things that are happening, mm-hmm. and you had mm-hmm. less of that backstage interviewer, but he he was still involved then yeah. too. But very very good storyteller and very recognizable. Uh, even I, I always think about that interview he did, or I did a couple of them, but there's one from the Andre the Giant documentary. Documentary yeah, yeah. Andre the Giant like puts his hand up to his yeah. head and it basically envelops his whole, yeah. it means Gene Okerlund's whole face. I mean, he just, yeah. he, he was able to create and amplify personalities that were already big. It's a good way of saying it, amplify. You know, uh, he he was able to kind of stand in the shadows and, and he knew where the spotlight needed to go and he helped direct that spotlight. And I'm really happy that he was able to hang on as long as he did to to get involved in that giant documentary and and to be involved in that Ric Flair 30 for 30 that yep. came out yeah. recently on ESPN and because he is you know he's seen it all yeah. and to get his uh, first person perspective uh was was essential um so he you know I hear about that in the morning which is a bummer and then I hear about Bob Einstein. Bob Einstein. Super and Dave. Super Dave. Absolutely. And Funkhauser. Funkhauser. A loyal Dodgers fan. <laughs> on yeah, curb. That guy, you know. What do you say he, about that guy? I mean, the Super Dave stuff is just, Brilliant. you know, because and, and even the Funkhauser character. Yeah. You loved it because it was so well, his portrayal was understated, but the annoyance that he created for Larry in those shows, yeah. like that yeah. is very much what he was good it was at. A genuine, doing. Yeah, you know, it was a genuine character. Ability to translate through the TV to you and get under your skin through the, whatever character yeah. he was annoying. Yeah. I mean, they say, you know, wear a character like a thin veil. And, uh, I think that's what, uh, Einstein was doing. And you listen to his, some of his bits and his letterman appearances and his ability to his timing and his joke telling, uh, second yeah. to none. Incredibly funny. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Real shame. And, and both of those guys were 76. Go figure. Yeah. Both yeah. were 76. He was uh, on Arrested Development, too. He was. Larry Middleman. He was. 
he was that's right uh i tell you funny funny guy and uh and then you told me that the, the third was uh ca- captain <laughs> captain from the captain and Tennille. right yeah and sure. a, a, a daryl dragon or dragon was his real yeah, name I, which yeah. i had no well, sure. idea you know yeah. i was just the captain he's the captain yeah so the captain is gone mm. and uh mm-hmm. Not much, uh, you know, muskrat love and... Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of... Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of uh, background right. on... Uh, but, hey, it happens in threes yeah. and uh, uh, really, you know, I felt like we had to just touch on that a little bit because uh, you and I both, you know, grew up with uh, with wrestling, yeah. uh, you know, childhood, 80s, and then, of course, some of these, these shows that uh, Einstein was on, um, especially The Long Running Curve. Yeah. Um, I had to talk about it. it has yeah, nothing to do sure. with the Sox or even Chicago in general. <laughs> None but, of them were uh, closet no, Sox fans or open no. Sox fans. Yeah. It was just it, it. It had to be said. It had to be said. Um, all right. So here we are, January second, uh, two thousand nineteen. Uh, we left at our last podcast. We're talking about. Uh, oh man, you, we we might be talking about Harper in the new year uh, being signed. We might talk about Manny. He's wrapping up his visits. And, and here we are with with really nothing. And and all of you listening, I mean, you get you get your information from, you know, this this running stream. It's not even a cycle; it's a stream, and you're getting it from all different angles. And you know, we're probably not going to be breaking anything to anybody. So you've heard of all of this going on with Manny, uh, in his love affair with the Yankees. Uh, he was following the Yes Network via Twitter. Then he wasn't following it, and. You know, it was his childhood team growing up, and the Yankees uh, might not give him the deal that he might want, but it's the team he loves. So he, you know, and everyone's thinking, "Oh, Yankees, Yankees!" It's just a matter of time for Manny to be uh, with the Yankees. And well, you know, if that was his love affair growing up, if he just always envisioned himself being a Yankee, then I don't think the Sox can offer him enough money. Right? right. You know what I'm saying? Right. They've got the pinstripes. It's just the wrong pinstripes. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't. I I just don't think it's the The wrong pinstripes for Manny. Let me clarify. Right. right. I I got you. We got you. We got (laughs) you. I don't want to get kicked off the podcast on the fourth episode. No, you will not. I mean, it is a new year though, and I always got to be thinking about you know where this where this podcast is going. But you're fine. I'll put a dollar in the swear jar. (laughs) You're safe. Uh, I, you know, they they they've got a guy that's suspended uh, or, or hurt. I'm sorry. And that's and coming back to play yeah. shortstop yeah. For, for them. Yankees that is. And so what you're going to shift your middle infield around a lot. I mean, look, I'm not going to try to dissect it. If that's what happens, that's what happens, but that's the hottest thing going on right, right now right. for Manny. Right. And the Harper situation is really, is really intriguing. You know, I wake up after hearing about me and Gene and I'm hearing, that the Sox and the Phillies are one of the the only two teams that are going to offer Harper 10 years. Right, right. Uh, and then almost immediately, <laughs> and, and you can, you know, you might have it pulled up. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Levine, a Chicago guy. Yeah. Uh, 670 the score. Six, it, it tweets out that, uh, complete lie, the Sox would never go to 10 years. Yeah. Seven is their max. Yeah, his tweet was, Reports of the White Sox offering 10 plus years for Manny Machado or Bryce Harper are, quote, without any substance and flat out wrong, according to high ranking industry sources. White Sox will not be giving offer of more than seven years for either player. That's Bruce Levine. So on, on Twitter, we're talking you and I are talking uh, off air just, you know, minutes before we start recording. And 
what angle should we take on this? Because I am, I am just really getting fed up of, uh, who's going to sign what deal for how much for when, and, 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 and all in, in following the, the Twitter, the Instagram, um, basically I'm coming again from the fan perspective of, we want to see the organization. If you say you're all in, then go all in, you know, seven years, isn't going to get the job done. You know, from the beginning, it's going to be 10 to 12. Yeah. It's starting to, I mean, it kind of pisses me off in some ways because I feel like... Well, you know something, <laughs> you started to get into a little bit of a... You, you, I was gearing up there. I, did, I do have a shirt that I yes. might have to tear away well, at, at some point. Smart. But I, because we talked about it before, you knew the price of admission going into mm-hmm. this. There was no surprises here. You knew what it was going to be. It was going to be 10 it was going to be long term and it was going to be longer than 7 and it was going to be 300, 350, 350 million whatever. But you, you knew. So if you're if you're not willing to do that, then what are you doing? Are you just trying to get fans juiced up That's so my worry. they'll so they'll buy tickets That's my and worry. like you said they'll go to Sox Fest and there'll be this excitement and then you can say well we we tried but it but it but it didn't happen the angle right now is exactly what you're what you're saying in in my mind i'm sitting here saying well wait a second if you're saying you're all in on manny on harper on on all these other free agents uh which is a little confusing because we were always told 2020 it's it's probably going to be 2020 where they're going to be competitive and you know 2019 is just going to be another year where where more prospects come up it's another wave and, you know, we might make a couple piece, uh, you know, a little bit of deals here and there in the offseason to just kind of patch some stuff together. So, all right, you're all in. This is exciting. You're all in. Well, wait a minute. If you're all in, then this deal should have been done. Right. And there's and there's three different headlines to me, and, and the reaction gets worse by each one. The, the, the first one is, hey, we offered um, – we offered 10 years, we offered 325, and he decided to go to what whatever team uh, because they could win now. They could win right well, that, now. Well, that's the other right? thing, Okay, yeah. so yeah. if you read that headline, you say, hey, we did everything we could. Sure. Harper Absolutely. made a decision that was better for him and his opinion, but we were at the table. The second headline is, you know, we're – we were never in it. We're, we're, we weren't going to try. We're sticking with our plan. Fine. Okay. We wish you were in it, but you weren't, but you, you had a plan. You're sticking to the plan. Fine. I can live with that. The headline to me that's the worst is you find out Sox only offered seven mm-hmm. years to 75 right. and it was never a real uh, offer to begin with and Harper never was ever even going to consider it and you find out that it was some kind of smokescreen yeah. just to get fans pumped up that that to me is the worst of the three it's uh, the, uh, the worst of the three I agree with you 100% uh, if that and it's starting to smell that way I'm sorry folks I'm it's starting to smell a little bit like that and and if that's what comes out boy I'm going to be disappointed yeah. Uh, what a roller coaster of emotions, man. I have faith in Han. I've got faith in the plan and the direction. But when you come out and start saying stuff in, in November um, of what this winter, what these winter meetings, what this offseason could look like, and then here we are sitting January 2nd, and you're getting all these uh, competing reports. And again, they're just reports. 
it really doesn't smell good at all, man. So you talked about disappointment and levels of disappointment. So, you know, you're preparing yourself for the worst. He doesn't come to the Sox. Mm. That's going to be disappointing, right? But Mm. would it be even more disappointing if he ends up on the north side? Absolutely. It would be... There's, I can't even articulate how miserable that would be. <laughs> and, and being, you know, and, and we've talked about this yeah. a little bit. And we'll go into it more, you know, as the episodes continue to roll. But we're recording on the north side. Yeah. You know, I, I, my life has taken me up north here over the last 10 years uh, or so. And, you know, it's tough. It's a different world being yeah. a diehard uh, Sox fan uh, in this area. Yeah, for sure. And then when you throw the World Series a couple years ago, and then you throw a potential, you know, Harper yeah. in the outfield for ten years, yeah. yeah, that's it, man. The house is going up for sale. <laughs> uh, we're getting out of here immediately. Immediately. <laughs> that's the that's where that's I'm like at. It's like a two for one deal, right? Harper inks the. The, the, the contract, then you put the house up for sale. I, I'm telling Maybe you. Maybe use the same agent. I, you wanted to know how that would be if Harper went to the Cubs. I'm moving. That's <laughs> how bad. That's how bad. Because I just, you know, I, I can't deal with it. Uh, a team, I mean, you want would you'd be fine with it. No, I, listen, hey, well, as we said, I'm coming from a different perspective. Yeah. I get, I get why that would be absolutely devastating. And, and, and it would be. It would bother me too because right now I think this is that uh, if if I look at it to me that's the best home for him that's the best player that to me I think the Sox are better off with him than they are with Manny yeah and and we talked about this before if I can if I can move us forward along yeah. our our, yeah, yeah. our fancy yeah. sheet here to me um, forget about whether he would go to the Cubs or not that's not the that's not the the the, the main topic I just wanted to I wanted to gauge that disappointment you just wanted to get me extremely angry I wanted to get that's you pissed fine. off and, yeah. and get mm-hmm. you a little well, I, 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 I wanted to get a you mean gene kind of reaction oh. out, out, out of you no. Uh, but no but we, we talked about this before that getting Harper would be a franchise changing yep. move in the same way that Mac was a franchise changing move for the bears. And, and whether you think the bears would have been good or improved without him. And I certainly think that they were trending up. He accelerated everything. He accelerated everything. He made everyone better and he immediately improved their chances. And I absolutely believe that's why they're 12 and four and in the playoffs, hot, one of the hottest teams in the NFL and on the move, yeah. absolutely on the move. Well, and everything and, else around it. You know, merchandise sale has, has skyrocketed. Uh, tickets have skyrocketed. You know, yeah, yeah, people might be selling their tickets, but they're selling it for a profit opposed to the last few years where you couldn't get a person to buy a ticket from you or go to a game. Right. Harper makes everything relevant immediately. And how many games were flexed? For the Bears. Yeah, right. How many games were put in prime time? Right. And that's another thing. We talked about that. He is a national. It was a, you know, we're flipping back and forth between Mac and Harper as a comparison. But Harper is a national, nationally known baseball player yeah. that puts your team on the map. You get more national coverage. You get it's just everything gets better. And I think you immediately are are tops in that division. I think you're in the conversation. It accelerates everything. And not just 
for a year or two for, sure. for 10 years. Absolutely. Uh, and how many people did you talk to back in August, you know, right before the season started, when the Mac rumors started to pop up here and there? How many people did you hear or what kind of conversations were you engaged in where that's too much to give up? No way. And the Bears need way more than that. Yeah. They've yeah. got other needs. Who's Mitch going to throw to? See, I heard yeah. that. I never agreed with that. I thought two number one picks. Hey, at least I know that the guy we got is absolutely a number one and probably a Hall of Famer. Well, they, they gambled. Yeah. They gambled. You didn't know. You, you weren't going to have a guarantee, but they knew that that's going to better the team. Yep. I, I don't know if we're going to make it to the, into the playoffs or win the division, but what I do know is that we're going to risk some draft picks and eventually a ton of money for this guy. And we are putting our faith to move the team forward. That's what, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. But, but I, but I do think though that faith to a certain point, but Mac was a, I mean, he was a, he wasn't an unknown. He's you know? not it an wasn't unknown. Like a, but... It wasn't like you were taking a risk per se. I mean, he, you, you knew you were going to change your team by signing him. All right, so go, but, but, and I agree, yeah. and I agree with that, but that's, I feel like, where folks are getting hung up with Harper. It's, why would anybody give him that? Nobody's worth that amount of money. But you have to understand, that's right. the part yes. of the game okay. here. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that You got to take some faith in, and you're bettering your team by doing that. You're and immediately better. There's your no entire doubt about organization, that. And you're elevating the fan base because you now have their confidence right. back. Right. And how many Bears fans were sitting here in the summer being like, I'm kind of done. I'm done yes. with Ryan absolutely. Pace. Absolutely. I don't know about this right. naggy character. That's what I mean. It changed the narrative immediately yeah. on on, on your team, yeah. and that to me is why that Harper move is, if you're the Sox and you've got, again, we're there's a lot of ifs, ands, sure. and buts here, yeah. but if you've got the money, then you need to be at that table and you need to find a way to bring him here because everything changes. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah, that, changes. You're immediately a different team. You're a more competitive team. You're, I don't, I don't know who talks about it. It might have been, uh, it, it it doesn't matter, but it's this idea of uh, in baseball, you just got to be able to get there, right? Yeah, it's all right. like there's so much chance involved, but if you can get into the playoffs, especially with that second wild card, yeah, you you have a chance. And he is the kind of player who gets you there, who can help get you there. He can be an important important piece on so many different levels, and you know, for the Sox especially, who you know play you know they play the second act in the, in the city of chicago and and to get a, a guy like harper is why we keep talking about it to get a major to get a superstar you also you you start to grow a fan base i agree you and you, you grow a fan base that you know there are there are, there's you know there are going to be Sox fans that are continue to grow because their fathers or mothers were Sox fans, their grandfathers, grandmothers were Sox fans. Where you live in the city of Chicago or Chicago land, but you also can have that that fan base that when they start getting into baseball, they realize there are players like Harper or Manny on the team that are all stars. And this city is better when both teams sure. are good. Think about that. Yeah. If you got, if you've got it is. Bryce Harper, you know, swaggering around Sox Park, 
hitting 35 homers, and you got Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant on the other side of town hitting 30, 40 homers. And, you know, when it comes time for the Crosstown Classic and you look at the split screen advertising the game and there's Harper on one side and Bryant on the other. Sure. That, that's awesome. That is better for this town. When both teams are good, both fan bases are uh, puffing up their chest and there's there's something to talk about um, two times uh, a year when they get together and hopefully someday you see um you know a, a crosstown uh, yeah. uh classic in the same way that uh, Mets Yankees have right. a few years no back. i i agree with you uh, you know I, you want to see competitive baseball uh, and for Sox fans you're you're just dying for competitive baseball yeah. like yeah. like the bears have been you know dying for some competitive football you know the 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 drought is 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 broken. I mean, there's going to be some playoff football in the city of Chicago in a few wait. days. Eagles Bears. Wait. I mean, uh, high of uh, what f- low forties maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the Bears are going in. I mean, I love the way they played that Vikings game. They're they Eagles won are nine. a hot team though right the, now. I'm going to tell you. I was talking to a buddy t- uh, tonight on the way home from work. You know, everybody other than the Saints who got um, smacked around by the Panthers in a meaningless game at the end of the year, the other five NFC teams are all hot. They've all got long yeah. streaks. They, yeah. they all like Seattle. Seattle's Seattle. hot. Yeah. The Cowboys have come on at the end. Yeah. The Bears are hot. Winners of, of nine of ten. I still think the Bears are probably the hottest team in the NFC. Yeah. And then the Eagles yeah. are, are hot, too. So it's going to be wild. But, man, I... I I have no doubts and no concerns about putting my money on the bears for so, what I hope is a long playoff run. So here he'll, here we'll say, okay, they're in the playoffs. They won the division. No one expected them to be uh, in the conversation. Just like no one expects the sacks to be in the conversation of 20 uh, and 2019. And I'm, and I'm talking to some people, you know, and, and we talk about this and, and, and I hear, well, I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to like win the division in 2019, um, you know. But we're supposed to, we're not supposed to be competitive until 2020. So I'll, I'm right now in 2019. I'll take whatever I can get. I feel like that's how a lot of Bears fans felt in 2018. Yeah. If we can just get into the playoffs, yeah. I'm not too concerned about anything else. But now the Bears are in the playoffs. Are you saying, well? We just can't get in. We got to at least win a game in the playoffs I, I, or I think more. That's, I think that's the beauty of sports, though. The calculus changes as the yeah. season goes on. Right. And when you're right. three and three or you're, or you're three and one, uh, you know, and, and the season's just kind of getting going and you're not sure what you have in this coach or what you have in this quarterback, or what you have in this team. And then all of a sudden you see them string together wins. You see them become this more dominant team. And then, yeah, my expectations yeah. change. And I would expect the same thing, whether Harper comes to the White Sox or not. If the Sox um, start off the year and you're like, well, hey, man, I hope I hope they uh, win 80, 82 games or, yeah. or you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden they, they rip off a, you know, a 12 game winning streak going into the all-star break and they're, they're one game out of first place and they're, they look like a real deal team. Yeah. Then yeah, my expectations mm-hmm. change. It changes. It has to change. Um, so, uh, we will do, uh, predictions, score predictions, and then we're going to, um, we're going to push on down the road here, uh, for bears Eagles this Sunday, soldier field. Um, you want to go first or should I go first? I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, I got Bears over Eagles by 18. 
by right. 18 points. Okay. I'm not going to give you an actual score. <laughs> I like I it. Hey. 18 points. I'm comfortable. I really with that. think the defense is going to come out and just explode. I, I, I do too. I'm going to go a little bit closer. I am going to go 27, 17 Bears. By 10. Bears by 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's exciting stuff. It and, is. Uh, and, and that's where uh, we're looking for the socks to trend here in, in 2019 competitive uh, baseball. So, you, my friend, uh, did not get a jersey uh, this this holiday I season. I did not. Did no, you I did didn't not. Have, you didn't get uh, any regrettable jerseys. <laughs> I did right. not. I stayed no away. I no stayed one away purchased, from, nor did yeah, I. <laughs> I stayed away from the regrettable jerseys uh, as well. But uh, you caught up with your dad. Yes. Um, yeah. Over the holidays, big and, listener and, of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, uh, we're on. Man, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter. Yes. Uh, Good guys talk back. We got our fan page up and running. At, yep. Uh, Facebook, find find us and uh, follow us on on Twitter. Uh, so you're talking to your dad, yeah, yeah, and uh, he's he had a pretty good story. Yeah, well, he texted me after the episode that we talked about the jerseys, and he's like, "I've got this this story," and he texted it to me, and I shared it with you, and we both thought it was funny. So I thought, well, I'm I'm, I'm going. Uh, they live in San Antonio. Yeah. My parents and my two brothers, and so I went down there for. For the Christmas holiday, and I thought, well, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll record him mm-hmm. while while I'm out there yeah, yeah. telling the story. So I've got that recording, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and I think we should play. It. Yeah, yeah, let it run. I'm here with my dad in San Antonio, Texas, and he's going to share his bad jersey story. Go ahead, Dad. I'm about to share my bad jersey story with my bad memory, so I don't know the exact year, but Kyle Orton was in the midst of a two-year backup quarterback deal at the Dallas Cowboys. So my son from Texas, Brian, sent me a official Dallas Cowboy Orton jersey with the number eight. I wore it on occasion, got odd looks. No one understood the, the funniness of it but me. My favorite memory of it is during a playoff game, Cowboys were down by three. Orton had to come in. I ran down the hall, threw on the Orton jersey, sat down, got ready to go as Kyle Orton was driving to win a playoff game for the Cowboys. This rarely happens anymore. Of course, Kyle threw a pick, and they released him the next year. (laughs) I submit this jersey is the weirdest jersey I've ever seen. Kyle Orton, number eight, with the Cowboy star on it. Excellent. That is a terrible jersey choice. All right. Okay. So two <laughs> or a couple things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the excitement about an Orton jersey, though. Yeah. I, I love. I love the excitement. Um, and I think it's through the excitement that the number might have changed. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, there, well, I mean, there's there, there's two things wrong with the story. One is my dad bought a, a Kyle Orton right, jersey, right. and two, he, you know, didn't know that the, his number was 18, and uh, and he gave Troy Aikman's number to, to, to Kyle Orton. He was excited. My my favorite part, of course, is the running to the hall to get it. And then it immediately being put on, and then uh, bad things uh, ensue. Yeah, and and okay, so that that brings up another very like superstitious thing. Like I do have an Ur, uh, and, good, yeah. I've got an Urlacher jersey, yeah. and they lose every time I wear it. So okay. I've just I've stopped wearing it, yeah. and I know that they're not connected in any way. Yeah. But 
when they lose, I'm already angry. And then when I'm wearing the Erlacher jersey, I'm angrier because I feel like I know they lose when I wear this jersey. Why am I wearing it? So I, I don't right, I don't sure. wear it on game days. Okay. Uh, okay, so what jersey will you be wearing uh, on Sunday? You know, all season I've been doing Bears sweatshirt hoodies so okay. and that's worked and so All i'm right. sticking with that i've okay. got i've got two sweatshirt hoodies i haven't yeah. decided which one uh-huh. but that that's what i've used okay. during the season and i'm sticking with that so yeah. no no jersey i'm going sweatshirt hoodie okay that you know and i should what, what will you be wearing you don't need to you don't need to get detailed but uh <laughs> <laughs> would you like <laughs> to know the colors <laughs> t-shirt lucky t-shirt jersey but that, that's a good point you know like how the evolution of a lucky uh, T-shirt or hat uh, or jersey, you know, there's always like a really cool moment of I was at this game or, or it was the game where this happened and I started, you know, wearing it and it's just my go-to yeah. uh, go-to item. So, what about you? Do you have a, um, a jersey picked out? You know me, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of jerseys with the name, but a couple years ago, I, a couple <laughs> years ago, I found a Richard Dent jersey. On complete clearance. And it's a stitched, nice, right. legitimate Richard Dent jersey. It's I not mean, one of the Jeff Hester specials? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no this is, this is uh, the real deal. And I found it like a really low price. I'm like, well, it's been 40 years, so I might. I think we're good yeah, with right. this. I think, you know, he was a Hall of you know, Super Bowl MVP. I think it's safe to get this jersey. So I've been wearing it. But... I'll be honest, man. I wore it uh, the first game of the season. You, you oh, were there. Oh, yeah. And uh, I haven't been going jersey. I've been going T-shirt. Okay. Bears, Bears T-shirt. Right. And then I think you should so stick with that. So I think I'm that. going. And it's, I've only have, I don't have a lot of Bears T-shirts, you know, because I've got, you know, I don't have any more closet space because of all my socks. Uh, <laughs> so, but Walk-in like, socks right, closet. <laughs> really, it's a problem. But uh, I got this Bears shirt, man, that I've been rocking. And, and so I'm, it's going to come out on Sunday and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I appreciate your dad's story. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, it's just always this time of year, you know, and. And bleeding into other moments where you're like, why did I get that? (laughs) And of course, something like this happens now that I've decided to commit to this jersey. So speaking of something that you never regret getting um, or going to, Sox Fest Mm -hmm. 2019. We probably don't need to do a full preview just yet, but but you are going. Yeah, I'm going to go. And you are excited, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't do the, uh, you know, I don't do the whole the whole weekend. Uh, you know, I pick a day and it's usually like a Saturday. And if you've never been to Sox Fest, you know, I have no business plugging this whatsoever. <laughs> but I find it to be um, a, a nice event, especially because of the seminars. Uh, you get some really interesting Q&As. And it was the first time I heard Rick Renteria talk was several years ago at Sox Fest. And he sold me right there. Um, you know, his plan and his philosophy and his baseball IQ, you know, you hear Rick Hahn talk and you'll hear uh, from some of the young players, uh, Don Cooper. And um, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity to rub shoulders with people that are of like mind. All right. Here are the, the prospects scheduled to appear. Sure. I want you to pick one and tell me what you would ask them. If you happen to corner them in the men's room, let's say (laughs) that's your setup. Mm. All right. Micker Adolfo, yeah. Luis Basabe, Dylan Cease, Zach Collins, Eloy Jimenez, Nick Madrigal, and Luis Robert. They're all scheduled to be there. Yeah. Pick one, 
You find them in the men's room. Yeah. What are you well, asking them? I would say, let's leave the men's room so I can ask you a proper <laughs> question in a proper location. Uh, it would be, <laughs> it would be Zach Collins. Okay. And you know, I find him to be a really interesting uh, prospect because here's a guy, you know, uh, big bat, big lefty bat out of Miami, and they drafted him several several years ago with a lot of other scouts saying he's not going to be your everyday catcher. You know, he might be a first baseman. He might be a project. He, you might you might be more of a DH for you. But the Sox have said now for several years, no, he's going to be our catcher. He's going to be our catcher. And, and Zach Collins has come out when pressed on this. You know, I'm working on my game. I'm working on my defense, my framing of pitches. I want this. Like, I just don't want to be in the big leagues. I want to be in the big leagues wearing a Sox uniform as a catcher. And I guess my question would be, you know, where, how is that going? You know, because I feel like as an athlete, you can kind of tell after a few years, like, ah, this isn't trending the way I wanted. Yeah. To. I was confident. Yeah. I wanted to give this my all. But and maybe, and, you know, he would never a he would never talk to me in the bathroom and b <laughs> he would he would probably never admit it. But. If he, you know, if I, if you could sprinkle some of that truth serum, yeah, I, I'd love to know like where where he's at mentally with with right. this catching thing. Okay, so all right, well, yeah, you if you find him, if you find that man, <laughs> I can't wait for that podcast. <laughs> the and fallout from my, yeah, accost, exactly. my accosting Zach Collins. Right. Yeah. I'll make sure to recall yeah. uh, to 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 record your phone call from the. From, yeah. from jail. Well, I, and hopefully, hey, I, hopefully there are some other bigger names, uh, you know, because we're still right. three and a half weeks away right. and, and, and big things can still happen. It's an exciting time for Sox fans to get together. They usually release some of like the promotional item schedules for the upcoming season at Sox Fest. It's, you know. It's a good time. It's right in between the the NFC Championship, you know, Bears uh, beating, you know, the Saints That's and, right. and, That's and right. then going to the Super Bowl. Love it's it. Right in between you heard it here there. first. Yeah, right in between there. So, you know, that's one of the things, you know, that's the thing that kicks off 2019, you know, for the Sox. But there's so many other things that, you know, maybe next uh, next time we'll start dipping into of what we're looking forward in 2019. And, of course, uh, Mankata the third man. Uh, we got to get to it. <laughs> what's going to happen with that? Uh, you know, follow us on uh, on Twitter. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Good guys, uh, talk back. It's a uh, Chicago White Sox podcast, fan centric, blue collar. Jeff Julian, Nick Morowski. Uh, until next time.